Today on Octal FM, Gelada and I take a seat in our favourite guild spots, quaff a potion of endurance plus three, and share our stories and thoughts on MMOs. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sephron. And today we're going to kick back and reminisce a little and have a little bit of a chat. And we're going to have a little bit of a chat about MMOs or massively mm-hmm. multiplayer online games, which is not really something we've touched on before, has it at all? As a, I don't as a think subject. it's entered in, no. Like when we've talked about stuff, it seems to have either been like console based gaming, which traditionally hasn't really been MMOs stomping ground no. or we've talked about like kind of more traditional pc gaming yeah so yeah this is sort of like in the middle ground where we haven't really touched on yeah uh so it will be interesting what we get both of us have played quite a few mmos we're not like diehard experts i guess but we haven't like played loads of them or all of them or anything like that but that's all the more interesting to just sort of have a chat because i think mmos like we were talking about this right like mmos unlike other types of games i feel like mmos tend to have more of an impact on you as a as a person a little bit yeah, because 100%. if you play them properly or properly is not the right word sorry if yeah, you play quote them unquote. yeah if you play them kind of as they're intended or if you really get sucked into them mmos are just a bottomless pit right like yeah, the way definitely. that they the way that they are designed they are designed very very differently to other games and there's a whole topic there about mmo design and and its place in game design because it is so massively different to other games massively <laughs> they're designed just with a different kind of uh user in mind but also yeah. an end goal in mind as well because yeah. most games are designed to have an endpoint because they need one but mmos aren't designed to have an endpoint if anything like their end game content is where the games kind of starts so yeah for a lot of them they the, and the reason that's kind of came about it's, it's very different now and that's kind of like the history of it is, is very very kind of broad but it started out because it was all about you know getting the subscription money wasn't it like yeah. mmos were very much about like you know making sure you're paying your monthly subscription fee and although more and more sorry sorry still there are still for you games that do have subscription fees to them more and more of them are going towards like the free-to-play model with things yeah. like vip services or like microtransactions and things like that yeah and i think i think a lot of that was spurred on by obviously just that trend towards that but also as big people became more willing to just spend small amounts of money here and there especially with the advent of smartphones and stuff like that i always kind of attribute dlc and the rise of dlc to the fact that you could buy games and apps for you know one pound two pounds and sort of like people got used to that and the infrastructure got better for taking small amounts of money from people yeah i mean i remember Going back to playing one of the first games that one of the first MMOs I ever played, which we'll talk about, which was Ragnarok Online, and to make payments for the monthly one was so awkward. Yeah, specifically because I wasn't in America. Yeah, uh, like I had to get my mum's credit card. A debit card wouldn't work. Like you couldn't just use any Visa or Mastercard. It had to be like a Visa or Mastercard like credit card. Yeah. And this was a kind of card that she didn't really use for much. It was just that kind of there if we needed it sort of thing. 
Um, so that was kind of a difficult conversation to try and convince people. Can you pay this much money per month for me to play this game, please? <laughs> and then, but over time, that's so so changed with things like you know PayPal and just the acceptance of pretty much every single card anywhere. Yeah, and hell, you'd even get things like uh, I imagine there's some games that take things like Bitcoin and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well. And and yeah. like you can buy game time cards and stuff like that. In fact, yeah, yeah. the first MMO that I played, which was Earth and Beyond, which is probably not something that many people listening to this will have heard of because although it was popular and it was very well reviewed, it was so short-lived. It was mm. only around for two years and it was like a sci- sci-fi sort of space. Think EVE Online, if you know anything about MMOs and EVE Online, it's, it, there were some similarities there. It felt like a cross between EVE Online in terms of its like MMO style, but then it's like gameplay style because it's a little bit more arcadey of something like Freelancer. Yeah, definitely. And also kind of the more traditional MMO style of, of something like WoW with quests and, and things like that, which is very different in EVE. But yeah, I remember to to play that. I think I used to buy game time, like game time cards, like 90 day time cards mm-hmm. in order to play it. But I can't remember if you had to like still signing up was such a faff, like just getting yes. the account sorted and stuff, especially as a kid was just so difficult that's one of the things that i still sort of trouble have trouble with in some occasions when i'm trying to use old accounts is that they've got like my parents information on them because i was (laughs) like you know what 14 when i started playing most if not a little younger so you know i wasn't old enough to have any of this information whatsoever so going back that long ago like you know early 2000s when we were like in our teens it, it was so awkward to get these things set up by comparisons nowadays. And nowadays, it's so easy to uh, make payments, which is why there's so many broad, broader methods of, you know, kind of payment methods, but also uh, monetizing these games. Like, it's much yeah. easier to monetize them. Um, hell, some of them are just free because they can just advertise, you know. They don't even need to worry about microtransactions. Yeah. They do because they can make more money that way. Um, but they don't even need to. And more and more games have, like, got kind of going free that were traditionally um, subscriber yeah. only. Like Eve is kind of like the, a big one right now. Yeah. Um, like Eve for the longest time had a, a paid subscription service. Yeah. Like, it's been going for however many years it's been going. It's like a long time. Um, and it was only, I think, this year that it went free to play. Yeah, definitely. It was It was this year. And that's a big that's a big deal. But they still offer like that VAP service, don't they? So, yeah. you, you know, you can have, I think it's like the Omega level clone rather than the Alpha level. Yeah. Clone and, and there's certain ships you can't have and stuff yes. like that. And everything goes a bit slower. Just limitations, like yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for the traditional monthly subscription model, but it's not really surprising that things have gone free to play to attract an audience because it's only getting more competitive. If you think about the days when, you know, when we're talking about like Ragnarok Online and Earth and Beyond and you know, World of Warcraft, like, RuneScape. I mean, yeah, like there were, but that's the thing, right? Like there was, there were so few large MMOs. The space wasn't really that crowded. You had mm-hmm. like EverQuest and RuneScape mm-hmm. yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And so they could have a subscription because there wasn't so much that they were fighting for. But now you potentially have, you know, there's so many MMOs now that you yeah. can't really have subscriptions to all of them. Um, no, definitely not. But, but I, I found that especially more, in modern day MMOs, they they feel more disposable. Yeah, and by that I mean going back to me playing like MMOs back in there, like Ragnarok, and when I did play WoW, and the original time I played Eve, because I played Eve in kind of like two different stints, and it felt like it was an investment. Very yeah. much, it was an investment, both of money and your time, but also sort of like your social kind of 
bank, I guess you could say, like how much social time you have, because they were almost your primary social interaction with a lot of people, especially if you like we were at school. So when you're not at school, you're on your MMO. And that was when you socialize with people. And they were very much an investment of many aspects of your life. Nowadays, it feels like you burn through an MMO within the space of a couple of months and then you just move on to the next game like a normal game. And being an MMO doesn't make it anything different other than just a standard game with like other people messing about. I don't know if that's more that that could be a mixture, couldn't it, of of the way that MMOs are now, but also maybe the where we are now in our lives to some extent as well. You know, I think that probably changes it slightly. I mean, I remember... One MMO that I played uh, a lot of was Lord of the Rings Online, which was 2007. And it's actually still going. Uh, and it was just a traditional subscription model at the time. In fact, it was a very vanilla MMO in the grand scheme of things. It had quests and it had yeah. mounts and it had, you know, all the ordinary stuff, mixture of PvE and PvP and all of that kind of thing. It didn't really uh, have a USP, did it? No, its USP was like, it's Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. its, That was its USP. Which was enough, in fairness. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And it was very, very well polished. Um, and a lot, a lot of things, you know, it just worked really well. But I played that a lot because Tony, my wife or girlfriend at the time, we were long distance. And so playing an MMO like Lord of the Rings Online together and just grouping up the whole time that you played, essentially was a really great way to sort of hang out but also Mm. do something even though you're not together it's just a nice distraction from that and to just sort of do do something like that together um so that was a lot of fun and that was kind of like it's not the same as as forming new friendships and stuff through mmos which obviously happens a huge amount um particularly with something like eve or ragnarok um where they are very social and they are very sort of group oriented but even so, it was still something that you can do with friends and, and as friends and more so than a lot of games, even games, I guess nowadays with improved online services for things like Call of Duty or or whatever, it's less of an issue. Like mm-hmm. now every game that has the online multiplayer, the online multiplayer works well and it's easy to connect with your friends and play a game together. But if you think back in those kind of like, you know, early 2000s, if it wasn't like an MMO where you were connecting all to a same server, yeah, oftentimes the way you communicated with people was either through something like MSN or, or or ICQ or something, yeah. And to connect your game together yeah. was often using things like GameSpy, yeah, GameSpy you know, Arcade, or exactly. You know, it, these things were actually quite hard to play together, yeah. just like they were some awkward. of your friends and to coordinate. You know, I remember like. Things that we used to play like Age of Empires and stuff like that, where you would obviously that's a little bit older, but you know, you'd have to have a v- a private VPN, you know, yeah. to communicate with each other's computers and it would never quite work properly. And so MMOs kind of provided a a no fuss way of playing yep, together because definitely. that was what they were designed to do. And once you, they very much have that kind of hook as well, that once you've played them for maybe like a couple of days or something and your friend like our friend is playing it, or maybe you've made a couple of friends on there that you, you know. From, from 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 new kind of thing you're hooked and you mm. can't stop playing at that point because now it's so easy and yeah. you really want that social interaction but you also really want to get those numbers up and you really want to make sure that you don't let your friends down and they're thinking exactly the same thing like yeah you're not the only one in that boat like they're feeling the same thing yeah that was always the way it was for me like i mean it got to the point where like well when i was quite uh heavily invested in playing ro ragnarok online yeah, the moment I come home from school, it would be upstairs, computer on, on the game, just in the guild spot, wherever that you know, in in the town, 
And I wasn't even playing necessarily. I was just logged in to make yeah. sure that I was there. And that's ridiculous by today. Maybe you think it's a, but that's sort of because today I'm almost always there in a way because I've always got my smartphone on me, which is always connected to, you know, however many types of different communication services you want, like Facebook and Skype, but also things like Discord, you know, any, anything like that. I can talk to these kind of people that I play with games online whenever I want, wherever I want. Whereas at the time that was, if you weren't in game, you couldn't really talk to them. I guess you could email. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. they very much had you hooked. And yeah. that was sort of, that's definitely one of its strong points, but it's also one of its failings and kind of what leads to a lot of people being very addicted to MMOs. Yeah. And I think maybe part of the changes in MMOs have kind of removed some of that a little bit. Like there are obviously still people that play MMOs for a huge amount of time and, and, and that kind of thing. And maybe... I'm talking just from my visible social circle and so maybe this is not the case but it feels like people understand MMOs better and MMOs are sort of designed a little bit differently now especially when they're free to play and stuff like that as well that there's a little bit less pressure and like you say there are other ways to communicate and there are other ways to interact outside of the game that you're playing and I think that that wasn't the case before and also if you had a subscription you felt like you wanted to make the most of it or I mm -hmm. certainly always did no that's you a know, very good point when we played Lord of the Rings online it was like well we're going to play this because if we play something else then we're not making the most of that subscription wasting our money yeah um, and no MMO has really ever been that cheap they're, they're, reason they're reasonably expensive you're going to buy the game like tens of times over if not hundreds of times over yeah, in the lifespan you paying for your subscription absolutely yeah. You think I think Eve for the longest time was like twelve, thirteen pounds yeah. a month. Yeah. You know, and that was one of the more higher end ones as well. Like yeah. I think I think Ragnarok was I think it was like nine pounds a month. Yeah. You know? And that's not an insubstantial amount of money going back, say, ten, fifteen I don't know, probably ten years really. Going back about ten ten ish years. And with the fact that, you know, you're you're a teenager at the time, especially as yeah, well, definitely. where you, the amount of money you're making is very limited. Yeah. Yeah, what else? What I, I have obviously, like, I think almost everyone has played World of Warcraft at some point. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the central one, isn't it? That's yeah. the one that you can always relate back to. And I think World of Warcraft certainly kind of laid the foundations for what an MMO is. I mean, that was another topic for an episode I was thinking about as well, is like games that sort of like, paved the way for industry standards almost yeah i mean how many things happened were, were created within world of warcraft and sure there might be some cases where like it happened before in a very kind of like small sense like a small scale but they they, they pioneered so many things like the way a quest system works that was very unique at the time like having the little like uh exclamation mark above an npc's head and then it logging it and then it telling you where to go and what to do yeah. sort of thing i mean just by comparison and i know it's not the only mmo obviously but using ragnarok as a comparison there was none of that whatsoever it's like no. quests were very much just a case of you had to sort of just remember who you'd spoken to kind of have a working knowledge of the game outside of the role-playing element of it to be able to know how to do this particular quest yeah like and this is only some of the basic ones. Some of the really complicated ones were like the the God Seal quests that were only available. They had so many intricate rules to try and memorize. Like you had to make sure that you when you did it, that there were already 50 people that had completed it. But if there were 200 people that completed it, the next one would be open, which means that you couldn't do the first one. And you had to do this at this time. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? But you just kind of accepted it blindly. Yeah. And then WoW came along and it was very much a case of like, 
everything was quite simplified. Yeah. Even though you could then make it really, really, really complicated by yeah. like adding. Well, they weren't mods. Well, what were they to like UI changes? Like, so you could see other information. I can't remember what they were called. It was, they were mods, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. they were legal mods. Like, I remember there was definitely, there was a difference between being allowed to have like certain things installed as part of your WoW client. I guess be, they like, called them WoW add-ons, fans. I think. Um, Probably they, something like add-ons, yeah. Because they I remember, were built in kind of thing. I remember Prone was obviously the the most World of Warcraft player out the of our kind of our social group. Yeah, and his screen didn't look anything like my screen when I played World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had like information everywhere. Yeah. So, but the point was that you could choose to do that, but the game itself was quite simple and it was quite easy to follow, and it had this kind of like almost linear quest line and and linear trajectory that you could take as as an individual character depending on like what class you put, picked and what race you picked. Uh, whereas like traditionally MMOs were very much a case of just dropping the world and off you go and you work out the rest. Yeah. Yeah. World of Warcraft guided you a lot more, didn't it? Um, and that's sort of like story based. Mm, yes. And there's still, there's still non linear ones as well. Like Eve, for example, you know, is, is a very non linear MMO, but things like World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings online. I also played a little bit of, um, Ion, which is a Korean MMO, from the same people that make guild wars i almost kind of like their less less successful uh, less successful cousin of guild wars uh, mm-hmm. and it was a bit more of a traditional like subscription model but what was quite cool about it was the art style was kind of cool and the way that the universe was sort of built up was cool and you could fly which was really cool because flying like flying mounts in wow was such a big deal and this mmo was just like nah, you can just fly all the time fly. it's fine and i think that's still a thing now like there's something always very appealing about mmos where you eventually unlock the ability to fly or mm. tran- you know have some kind of fast transport it's the same in um final fantasy in fact that's another one i didn't even think of my most well, recent MMO. Like final fantasy like 11 or 14 14 yeah yeah i, I mean i think we've we've talked about it because we talked about a realm reborn didn't we or, like as yeah in, we, we we discussed that way i think that was community management or was it community that's like right. game shame games yeah it was Because the fact we, that like the original 14 was such a garbage fire and yeah the, the community <laughs> management was actually really good in the whole matter because they just rebuilt it and i never played the original but i did play a lot of a realm reborn again another game another game that tony and i played together you know we we played through it together she ended up playing a lot more of it than me <laughs> in, the, in the long run but we sort of you know every now and then we actually go back to it and play it for a bit because it's that's thinking about like world of warcraft and lord of the rings what i always really liked was mmos where the matchmaking was really good i always found that that was super important like being able to easily you know, if you've got a quest that needs a group or Starting something like that, group, yeah. you just like, you just want to press a button. Like sometimes you don't want to have to like chat to people too much. Um, maybe that's kind of missing the point, but that feels no, like a bit I agree of a, with you. it feels like a bit of an old school thing now to force you to like, be like looking for group LFG, you know, like that. that yeah, definitely. It, it, it's, it's twofold in the sense that that's really inefficient way use of your time. And as we've already discussed, the older you get, generally speaking, the less free time you have. Yeah. And I don't want to spend, say, I'd say I've got two hours to play a game one night. You know, I don't want to spend half an hour like, just trying to find a group. Yeah. And you guarantee that you're going to have to leave, like, you know, kind of 15 minutes at the end to kind of like wrap up, you know, organize the, the loose and all that kind of thing. So you get like an hour and a half worth of actual yeah. proper like raiding, so to speak, yeah, um, before exactly. all that. So I think adding systems like that are very important. Mm. But 
I do get what you're saying that it kind of takes away from the social element to it because a lot of more modern games where like the ones that I can think of where you see people running around while you're talking to the NPC to complete a quest it's like they're doing the same thing but like on their screen yeah and that then feels like they're just sort of intruders within your game and when you group with them they're not even you're not grouped with them you just sort of like happen to be working together to accomplish it yeah. you're not actually communicating whereas when you do go back a bit like to early days of wow and games like you know lord of the rings online i imagine was a good example of this because you find a group but then you have to actually communicate with that group that you find and you're very picky about who you want to be with. If it doesn't work out, you just want to like start from fresh straight away. Yeah. And that's how I felt, especially again with, with RO, like that was definitely how it was because grouping was, if you were going to group, it was quite a, a big commitment sort of thing. So it wasn't just a case of like finishing a quest line with like, you know, random two people or something yeah. within half an hour. It was usually like for the entire evening. Yeah. And it's actually, it's interesting you say like, it's more about just like working together. Um, and I feel like something quite recent, like Destiny, which never really says that it's an MMO, but obvious, so obviously is in every yeah. way. Like, that's quite like that as well. I mean, Definitely. granted, the later stuff, you know, you can play as with friends and you can sort of, you can group up and stuff like that. But it's very like, I don't know, it's quite different to how MMOs were because I think maybe part of it also is like with MMOs, older MMOs, the communication is sort of very built in it's and it's part of the game and it stays there the whole time and there's not sort of you can't you can't really break away from it it's like you know if you're in a guild in an mmo or a or a group or whatever you know it's like it's there all the time the communication's yes. there all the time in a in a chat form or something like that and whereas something like destiny it's more like the communication's there when you're grouped up and you've got like voice communication or something like that um but that's quite different to you know an mmo where you have a guild and you're always talking and it's actually more like a cohesive unit rather than just a smattering of people thrown together yeah. to accomplish and you know, one task. And of course what it goes back to, right? If you if you go back in time, we haven't done I haven't done enough research into history of MMOs, so I'm guessing a little bit here. But MMOs kind of formed originally from multi-user dungeons and yeah. also known as MUDs. And they were text-based games where you were all in the same place in this text-based game essentially and they were just kind of glorified chat rooms you know yes. with a gameplay element over the top and they themselves take their sort of inspiration from bulletin board systems and where you would all dial in to one computer and that computer would then you know you would be able to talk and play games and stuff like that in this on the same computer so playing the same games and doing the same kind of things if you then think about what MMOs are, you know, you're connecting to one server potentially and, you know, communicating and, and it's kind of, that's where it comes, originates from and that's why they're like that. And something like Destiny is very different because it's not really that same, like you're not connecting to a thing all at the same time to play a game. It's more like the communication and the multiplayer is layered over the game. Yeah, I know I know what you mean. Rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I think what you made me, one of the things you said there made me kind of like light bulb moment was the transition from with almost all games now really from text chat to voice chat. Yeah, because I feel like th this comes down to more of a social anxiety thing. I'm not saying that every person that plays an MMO is obviously a little bit more maybe introverted, but 
expecting people to immediately go on voice chat with random people for more than a few minutes, like for just in the middle of like a, I don't know, a round of Destiny or something. You know, when when you're going to grouping up for the whole evening, that's a, quite intimidating. Like yeah. I would be, I'm intimidated. I'm not that introverted. You know who I am. You know, you know, that I'm a relatively outspoken person and I'm quite confident, but I'd still be intimidated going into a group of like four or five other people for several hours. You know, the thought of doing it kind of puts me off wanting to do it at all. Yeah. Um, whereas going back to say the older games where you only had access to text-based chat, there's that kind of shield there, that barrier. Yeah. Where you can just sort of stop typing. Yeah. And that's fine. Or when you do type, you can just be very careful about what you type. And generally speaking, what people type is usually more considered than what they say because they have to actually write it in. So it usually is a little bit more sort of, I don't know, so more social pleasantry, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think that because text chat is kind of like, um, it's a little bit more passive and a little bit less yes. active and immediate. It's it's, the, it's like the difference between writing an email and calling someone, right? Like, you know, you write someone an email, they don't have to reply to you right there and then. They can they think, can about, think it. about it. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, you can let it simmer. And if you're playing a, an MMO as well, something where you, maybe there are cutscenes or there's quests or, you know, there's, there's something you've got to focus on, then having text means that you can kind of pause for a minute doing the communication while you're while you're doing something in the game and i agree that i think that you lose that when you have only voice chat and that actually comes back to what you mentioned at the start where you're like these are predominantly pc games and even Mm -hmm. though mmos are now console there are loads of console based mmos final fantasy 14 is you can play on playstation and Mm -hmm. obviously destiny but like they don't tend to have text chat because really. it's a and console. even if they do it's unless you've got like a bluetooth keyboard kind yeah. of like links up with your console which a lot of people don't because yeah. you can it's not hard but most people don't you can't really do it because trying no. to type in the text chat with a controller is just yeah. agonizingly slow and, and also even if you have it it's because it's not integral to the console yeah most people don't and so you can't yeah. rely on it whereas on a pc you can everyone can type Everyone has to have a keyboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that that's quite a big difference with some of these, you know, more modern MMOs compared to things that are traditionally PC. Like, I, I feel one of the things that we were discussing before the episode was sort of like the originally MMOs were designed to be MMOs, right? And from the ground up, that was the whole point of the game. And then you just kind of made the game around that. Whereas almost now it's the other way around that you make a game and then you add an MMO feature to it. Yeah. Like games, the examples that I used earlier when I was talking to you were things like um, Elite Dangerous is sort of an example of that, like a persistent universe. And that's not to take away from, from Elite. Like, I love it. It's a great game. But it is kind of quasi-MMO, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got more kind of like uh, traditional console games like um, The Division was a good example. Mm. Like, that's technically an MMO in the way it works, but... It's not, though, is it? It's a third-person action shooter with MMO kind of dropped into it, kind yeah. of like added on. So it's almost completely reversed to what it would have been, say, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's kind of like MMOs, a lot of the ones that we've talked about, particularly something like EVE, where the technology and the fact that you're playing with a load of other people is the game. Like, that's the yes. kind of selling point and the focus. Uh, which is really interesting. And and a lot of them were like that. Well, not all of them, but the more trickery they had to blend it, the less that was the focus. Like yeah, something 100%. like 
Guild Wars where it's kind of more instance-based and there's only the collective massively multiplayer bit in towns and stuff like that, you know, it's a little bit different to something like Eve where you're all playing in the same place at the same time. What I, what always even now makes me cautious about playing MMOs is the fact that you do, it does end up taking up all of your gaming time. Even yeah. if you're, even if you're not playing it from, you know, the moment you get home to the moment you go to bed, it's still taking up the time that you have to play a game. You end up playing the MMO. Uh, yeah. And that's not, that's not a bad thing if you want to play it. But, it, but, but then it doesn't have that same sort of um, rewarding experience of, of playing a game as a lot of maybe more, carefully crafted single player games do like you can come away from playing say 20 hours of a single player game feeling really satisfied with it because it's like yeah that was awesome great story i love my character that was really mm. so, you know satisfying but then you play 20 hours in mmo and you've maybe gone up like two levels and you've yeah. maybe got a new piece of gear and obviously it depends on what you want and that's not to take away from the fact that getting those levels wasn't a, you know a satisfying experience but it's almost more like kind of on mass junk food kind of gaming mm, rather than yeah. more fine dining gaming. And when you only have a certain amount of time, like you've just discussed, you kind of want each hour that you can spend to be maybe more higher quality. Yeah. And, and that sounds like I'm really ragging on MMOs here, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like we absolutely hate them and think that they're the, the scourge of the gaming world, which <laughs> I definitely don't. I think it's it's that weird combination, isn't it? It's like, I think MMOs stick with you a lot. But at the same time, you also are kind of like, well, it's not necessarily the best thing to have, have done. But then no. it's like, well, maybe that's not the case. Because if you've got those memories and if they stick with you, then maybe actually that is the right thing to have been yeah, doing in a that's way. that's definitely because a good argument, 100%. I mean, I don't regret... No, I don't regret the time I spent playing those <laughs> games. But had you asked me to do it, make that decision now, I probably wouldn't make the same decision. Yeah. So I, mean, I guess you could argue that point almost any part of life, couldn't you? Like, the memories are what they are, and I treasure those memories. But at the same time, maybe not, in hindsight, the best thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's interesting. They're so... I just find it inter so interesting how different they are from games in general. It's yeah, such definitely. A, it's just such a different world um, compared to the more traditional stuff. Like even just compared to the RPGs that they base themselves on. Yeah, a lot MMO of them RPGs were the kind of the original idea of it, wasn't it? Before they kind of dropped the RPG bit, became just MMOs. Yeah, exactly. You know, because now there's so much variety, but traditionally an MMO is an RPG. You know, it's one character, you level up, you have quests, blah blah blah, all that kind of thing. They're just even they're just even different to RPGs and the way that they work and the way that they're designed is just so different because mm -hmm. it's A, lots of people and B, you know, that perpetual game. Like an MMO has to last forever, essentially. Yeah, pretty uh, much. You know, it's it's not really got an end date. Or if it has an end date, but that's not the same as an end number of hours it's not like you play an mmo and it's like well there's about 50 hours of content in this MMO. yeah exactly it's like it's eternal it's very much a case of what you make of it yeah they are true. I, I think less so nowadays because again mmos nowadays are very much more tailored experiences with like design storylines that you go through and then you only stick around at the end if you've made like solid social connections. Yeah. But going back to a more traditional MMORPG style, I feel like if you don't make that more initial kind of social connection with people quickly, there's usually not a lot holding you to the game yeah. because it becomes very repetitive. That's true. Like older RPGs are incredibly grindy. 
yeah. um, both for leveling in terms of character strength, but also things like your loot. And yeah. I don't just mean like loot for fighting, but like loot for cos- cosmetics. So once you've done that, like for a hundred hours, which is certainly no easy, sorry, no, no uh, large amount. That's a pretty small amount in the MMO kind of style of playing yeah, games. You're very bored very quickly. And the one of the only things that's going to keep you hooked the whole time is having that social interaction with people. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's true. Which is like, what most games can't uh, don't give you, which is why I think they do and did and still do garner a huge following. Yeah, that's really true, actually. It's kind of like they're dependent on that, aren't they? Because as a game, they are designed with an expectation that you're going to play them with friends or you're going to you know, make friends when you're playing it, which is really interesting. I don't know. I just find that such an interesting concept. I and mean, that feels like a whole episode in itself, like yeah. the way social kind of activity within games. Yeah, it's really which interesting. Which we probably do an episode on. It's interesting as well because like MMOs, not so much now, like I think people are over this, but traditionally MMOs have a really negative, you know, yeah, stigma attached to them, don't they? I mean, you only have to look at the famous like South Park World of Warcraft episode exactly. to sort of see see the stereotype at exactly. its most extreme. And although that is certainly, I don't think it ever really was the case to that extent, it wasn't far removed in some instances either. <laughs> yeah, and I think, so And it's really interesting that despite that, they actually depend on being social, which is not social what contact, you would... contact, which is what you consider a healthy thing to do. Yeah, and is what you consider the opposite of, of yeah. playing games all day Shutting kind your, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how just so integral it is to those particular games so the games that are the worst at you know pulling people away from their yeah. lives it's also the ones that depend on you still being social in a way and and having a life just a different life a life in a game oh god that's getting yeah. it's getting very deep well now. i mean then you start getting to say a second life which is an mmo but not an mmo because it's not really a game it's just yeah. an existence online but god, imagine imagine like when we have amazing virtual reality and stuff and then there's mmos on that like i, I wonder if that's going to be a new challenge for society in the future uh, what, breaking we... away from because that, that's sort of like we're talking about like kind of multiplayer holodeck stuff aren't we? yeah like yeah star trek kind of holodeck stuff because at that point you kind of don't it's sort of the same thing and that's that's so incredibly addictive like yeah if, exactly. if text-based chat with someone on a game where they little character sprites are nothing but that but little sprites is addictive as it is just naturally speaking when you've got full vr full online chat you know uh, maybe even like face cams or something i don't know how are you going to break people away from that yeah like the crazy level of escapism like mmos are escapism enough into another life and another set of responsibilities. So to do that with VR as well, that, that'll be very interesting. I'm intrigued Definitely. to see how how the world deals with that um, in the future, if that ever becomes a thing. That got a little deep. So yeah, uh, let's, let's bring it back and say that we've had 30-odd minutes now of talking about our favorite MMOs, but also what we think about them from good points and bad points. But like maybe we missed off an MMO that you absolutely loved and you you know you, you absolutely ground to the floor um, during the yeah. day uh, or maybe you still do maybe you're playing one of these kind of like older school mmos um and you're still very faithful now like they're, they're, some of them have been running for a very long time yeah definitely. Uh, and they will do forever more sort of thing until the fan base isn't there so you know we'd really like to know what people are playing and what your thoughts are on it maybe you think that we're really off the mark with it and maybe you think that mmos are actually like a really fantastic thing or maybe you think there's like a lot of dangers there or maybe you want to talk about like the the payment method like the the way they've monetized 
ties like with microtransactions because some yeah. of them are pretty dastardly in a way like that's a yeah. good word some of them are you know are, are quite cutthroat in the way that they they target people's sort of like dependency on the social situations and make you pay microtransactions to continue that yeah let us know what you think about that yeah definitely it would be really interesting to hear hear people's stories themselves um you've heard ours now tell us yours uh, you can send those stories <laughs> to us via email, by the, the magic of email at show at octal.fm. You can come and find us on the massively multiplayer online game that is Twitter um, <laughs> at octal.fm. Uh, you can also uh, come and find us on Facebook. Um, don't forget to go and leave a review on iTunes or or whatever podcast app you're using right now. It's very Does difficult. Help. So many people ask me, oh, how many people listen? And it's really, really, really hard to tell because it's so difficult to, to try and break Map down the places the, they can get it from. Yeah, and the number of downloads is never quite accurate because yeah. some people stream it and then they might stream yeah. it twice and or whatever. You just, you really don't know. So the only way that we find out if anyone's listening is for you to raise your head above the water and be like, hey, I'm listening. Uh, so yeah. please do even if it's just a, i like the show and that's it yeah like just just having an idea of what people who are listening and like what you like and that yeah. kind of stuff does help us a lot because I mean, we're kind of spitballing this episode as well because like we're going for more of like a discussion based mm. route rather than like our more traditional kind of almost case study style yeah it's fun to it's fun to experiment while we're not getting much feedback and we're obviously small it's interesting to just like try different things and see what yeah. see what resonates see what with people yeah for sure. um yeah it's cool it's interesting but yeah in the meantime there'll be another episode very soon but for now i've been gelada and i've been Severin. and uh yeah i hope you've, hope you've enjoyed our little trip down memory lane on uh massively multiplayer online games it's a well ground rocks. lane it's a what sorry a well ground lane. a well ground lane yeah definitely because yeah, people have you know been grinding in mmos <laughs> come on that's pretty good that's pretty good but also so, uh, it wasn't good enough though you didn't get it <laughs> You need to work on your pun for the next episode. I mean, I try every week. 